save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Good evening right and Merry Christmas, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of the On the Fin Side podcast with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the finfanatic.com web website and the fan sided network. Um, the Dolphins play the New Orleans Saints tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. And if the Dolphins win this game, it's going to be the first time in my lifetime as a Dolphins fan that the Dolphins have won seven games in a row. And it is a odd game because the Dolphins have six players of their own on the COVID list and the Saints have 21. But the players that the Saints have on the COVID list are much, much more important. Uh, Taysom Hill is not going to be playing the quarterback. So now they are down to their fourth string quarterback in Ian Book. Uh, also, Ryan Ramchek and Teron Armstead also expected to miss the game as well at the offensive tackle positions, Pro Bowl offensive tackles. Uh, obviously, Michael Thomas out for the air. On the defensive side of the ball, we just received word that Quan Alexander is going to be also out for this game, who's done a great job for them at linebacker, also on the COVID list. Demario Davis out on the COVID list. Malcolm Jenkins out on the COVID list. So, Paul, we're not really facing the Saints here. No. It's that's funny. You, you said that. We face the Saints on Monday Night Football. And my first thought was, do we? Um, you know, and God, it's, it's, I just did a, a segment with uh, Hoodie Juby, who covers the Saints. And, you know, it, it's the things that they do poorly on defense when they're healthy are, you know, they get killed by crossing routes. Uh, on defense, which Miami, good lord, with Jalen Waddle, um, you know, Mike Kosicki, Devontae Parker, all being healthy, they can kill you all day on crossers with those guys. And with Miami finally discovering a running game with Duke Johnson, Phil Lindsay expected to play, um, you know, as well as Miles Gaskin, they should be able to at least keep them honest. The Saints, the Saints have a very good run defense, but they just need to run enough to keep the Saints honest and. The offense should be able to do enough that this um, cover zero defense and the aggressive blitzing, as well as as not knowing who's coming from where and who's dropping where, should allow Miami to confuse the living heck out of Ian Book, especially with his starting offensive tackles out of the game. Ian Book has never thrown an NFL pass, and he is their fourth string quarterback. Very heavy task ahead of him. You know, you know, heading into this game, and I've got to give credit to you on this because uh, it, originally I wanted to do this show on Wednesday night, and you said, no, we probably shouldn't because of uh, all the COVID stuff going on, and then 21 players drop from the Saints. 
which is probably a good idea on your part, Paul. Um, so I have those once in a while. <laughs> if, I mean, because when I look at the normal Saints defense, yes, against the run, they're allowing three. 0.65 yards of carry to opposing starting or, or to opposing running backs, 3.29 yards of carry to opposing starting running backs, by far the best in the NFL. Um, in the secondary, they're allowing quarterback rating of 82.5, which is a top five quarterback rating. Um, but when you take out the middle of that Saints defense with Demario Davis and Quan Alexander, their linebackers who cover so much field. And Malcolm Jenkins, who is usually tasked with erasing the tight end, which is exactly what the Saints did last week against the Bucks and against Rob Gronkowski, uh, that's a major punch in the gut to the to the middle of their defense. Well, on top of that, with you know, you've got to look at this as part of their defensive game as well. The fact that their offensive t- and we've seen this with the Dolphins in the past, the fact that. Their offensive tackles are out. The fact that they're down to their four-string quarterback. The fact that Michael Thomas is out. The fact that their starting tight end and Troutman is out with COVID. Um, you know, all of those things. The offense is going. To, and, and Ian Book's getting his first NFL start and throwing, as you pointed out, his first NFL pass. Um, that offense may struggle to keep their defense off the field. And a defenses get demoralized by that b their defense may get stuck in short field way too often depending upon how it goes and c they're gonna get tired and they don't have the backups right now with all the the people that are out to 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 weather a storm like that so their defense may start off good for new orleans or okay or whatever you want to call it but they're going to get worn out as this game goes on if ian book can't move the ball yeah, and that's that's quite possibly going to happen. And one player who is not out for the Saints, though, is Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara has, in just 10 games this year, has over 1,000 total yards. So you would have to imagine that he is going to be the central point of that game plan in the running game, in the receiving game, all over the field. And I kind of look at this game, Paul, as far as controlling not only the quarterback and the run, but also the running back. And I, I remember the Panthers game where we were a little bit concerned about Christian McCaffrey and facing an elite running back and what the Dolphins did very quickly on the defensive side of the ball was crowd the line of scrimmage and take away those running lanes and not really care about what happened over the top. If that was the case against the Panthers with Cam Newton, then I think it's going to be more the case with this Dolphins defense against Ian Book making his first NFL start. Not only that, Cat, one of the things I don't hear enough people talking about is with the offensive tackles out, this is something that we really need to, to, to look at, especially if Miami can get a lead in this game, is if Ian Book gets hurt early or hit early and often, and has to go to the sideline or has to go clear protocol or gets hurt in this game. Do you know who the emergency quarterback is? Alvin Kamara, probably. Yes, sir. Alvin Kamara is the emergency quarterback in this game. Um, holy crap, that would be... Take, it would I, I would be... actually be a little bit more afraid 
if that were the case. Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he can throw the ball. No, uh, until we find out, I'd be overcommitting to the guy. I remember when we talked about quarterbacks in our NFL draft segment here um, this uh, this past spring. My exact phrase on Ian Book was, you know, if he were just a little bit bigger and if he could throw the ball better, then he would be great. And I hope I don't come to uh, to eat those words because I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we were both okay with the idea, though, of Miami looking at Ian Book as a possible backup or developmental guy. Yeah, as an undrafted free agent, but the Saints draft him in the fourth round, and he didn't look good in preseason. And the best thing he's got going for him is that the Dolphins don't have any film on him and are not sure about how to defend him. And it's not saying that he's that he's somebody that's hard to defend. But you also look, too, at that first drive against the Jets, where Zach Wilson and the Jets go 84 yards um, in that first drive. Trying to figure out. Zach Wilson, even though there was not a whole lot to figure out. My biggest fear is that the Saints get the ball. They feel that energy on Monday Night Football, and the Dolphins don't come out aggressive. And uh, they rely on Alvin Kamara. He breaks a big run, and suddenly we look at the scoreboard, and it's 7 to nothing Saints, and we're thinking, man, that, that might be hard to come back from for the Dolphins because the Saints still have their core pieces on defense. That's one thing that concerns me heading into this game. It would concern me if, you know, I, I just don't see the Saints offense being able to sustain in this game. I don't see Ian Book being able like, Ian Book's a decent pass, pocket passer. And with your offensive tackles out, that's going to struggle to maintain a pocket in this game, especially if Miami's going to that aggressive cover zero. Um, and... For me, I don't be I don't see Ian Book being able to maintain it I, I, at all, uh, and I, I see him getting confused at times in this game. And we saw what's what's happened with some of the young quarterbacks that do get confused. And if the Saints had a few more of their weapons at their disposal on offense, I'd be a little more worried. And one of the things that I was saying to 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 Juby there was um, honestly, I I wouldn't be super worried about the Saints tight end position even and I'd be willing to commit a combination of Holland Brandon Jones and Eric Rowe to spy and help with Kamara and and with the way that Miami drops people when they're in that cover zero uh, in that moving drunken defense that or the dancing seven or whatever you want to call it you know it, it's it's going to add confusion for Ian Book as far as who's dropping, who's not, who's covering Kamara, who's not, who's where, and, and who's coming. And that's where I, I, I just see this one being a very tough one unless Miami is thinking the same way I am and, and kind of rolls in half asleep. This is going to be a very tough game for the Saints. If they met at full strength, this would be a heck of a slugfest, I think. But they're not meeting at full strength. Nowhere close. Hey, Dolphins fans. If you're an NBA fan, you want to check out the Knuckleheads podcast. It brings on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. 
It's hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. They're in their seventh season on the podcast. Some of the guests that they've got coming this season include Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, DeMar DeRozan. The guys will talk about everything from the golden era of sports, past culture, give you some untold stories. It's a lot of fun. Make sure you check out the link down in the show notes below. And again, that's the Knuckleheads podcast hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. Yeah, I was I was waiting for a game where where the Saints and the Dolphins really slug it out. And I was looking for like a 17 to 13 game one way or another. But it's not even personnel wise. It's not really fair. But the Saints also have the ability. You know, I I have a lot of respect for Sean Payton. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of respect also and more probably more respect at this point for Dennis Allen and what he's done with the Saints defense this year. And. You know, you, you look at the core pieces that they still have in place. Cameron Jordan um, just absolutely abused the Bucks' offensive line last week when they shut out the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Marcus Davenport is coming back, and he's, he's more healthy. He's got six and a half sacks on the air, and they have – the Saints' defense, they're, they, they're very creative in bringing for and rotating – those defensive linemen. I saw Cameron Jordan and, and Marcus Davenport lined up side by side, side by side quite a few times on tape. And they don't blitz very often because they have a lot of faith in their ability to be creative and to get to the quarterback with just four guys. Um, and they're, typically their strategy is to trust their five defensive backs. But Malcolm Jenkins is going to be out this game. Uh, at strong safety, but they're they're going to have their other guys: Marshawn Lattimore, Bradley Roby, Paulson Adebo, Marcus Williams. Those are four good defensive backs. So, I I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park here for the Dolphins' offense. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park for the offense either. But this offense just needs really needs to be able to caretake and and take advantage of the situations that the defense puts them in in this game. I think Miami's going to be in a short field more often than they should be in a normal game against the Saints. Um, I think there's going to be some turnovers in this game that help Miami out a lot. And I just, it's, if Miami, with Miami getting Waddle back and the, the Saints struggling with their starters in that short area, with Malcolm Jenkins being the tight end eraser, and now he's not there, so you've got Mike Asiki going deep, potentially, or even crossing. That's where I think Miami can eat in this one, especially if Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay can just do enough to keep the defense honest and have to have them account for the running game. Not be stellar. They don't need to put up a, either 100 yards for either of them, but just enough that to justify 20 or 25 carries and allow everything else to be able to happen, I think Miami's defense can wear down the the Saints' defense by keeping their offense off the field. Yeah, I agree, and that's the key thing is the balance. I mean, we're not going to see the same output from the Dolphins' running backs in this game that we saw last week against the Jets. You know, they, the Dolphins, with – 
Duke Johnson, Miles Gaskin had what 26 carries for 160 yards between the both of them last game. You know, I I see this more being a 25 carry, 30 carry, 100 yard type of performance, but a performance that keeps the Dolphins balanced and it keeps the Saints defense thinking about the running game, you know, three or four yards at a time, as opposed to worried about being gashed. And because the reality is, I mean, not a lot of teams have done well against the Saints on the ground. I mean, just, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks, Leonard Fournette, nine carries, 34 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, 13 for 45. Devin Singletary, 15 for 44. Miles Sanders had a good game, 16 for 94. But the Eagles run on everybody, too. So, yeah, I mean. And and, and here's my thing with – with Ian Book on the field, with the fact that I think Miami's defense can keep their offense off the field, and if they can wear them down, Duke Johnson's running style that we saw last week is only going to help a, a team that's already going to be on the field a lot on defense um, is going to help wear them down because he has a pretty bruising running style, the, you know, despite being a little on the smaller side for it. And, and the number of broken tackles he had last week, the physical way he ran, and... and if you're struggling to bring a guy down at times and it takes the third or fourth guy to bring him down and you're on the field for 40 minutes of the game, that doesn't help you keep your energy or emotions up. And I expect Duke to be a guy that's more effective as the game wears on. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see with Duke Johnson this week how many carries he gets relative to Miles Gaskin because the question I ask is, do you trust the last game with Duke Johnson or do you trust the last six years where yeah. he never had more than 76 yards in a single game, but watching him, I don't care if it was a jets or not. He looked big. He looked physical. He broke tackles. Yeah. I mean, it. and if you take a look at this game now, if he comes out and he does the same thing against the saints or, you know, has a better running back performance than a lot of other running backs that have faced the Saints, then I think that that that's something to get excited about because it will mean the Dolphins heading into the last two games and hopefully the playoffs. Um, then they've got some balance. Yeah, no, I, I'm very excited. And, and to be honest with you, I'm okay if they give Lindsey and Gaskin more of the carries early than Duke. Because if you can save him for for after you've tired out the Saints' defense a little bit and then trot him out to start running people over, he's only going to be that much more effective in this one. I, I'm very much a fan of ride the hot hand and ride the situation with our running back room at this point. Yeah, and uh, in the chat, somebody, uh, Vic, said it isn't Duke under uh, COVID protocol this week. Uh, he might be, uh, to be <laughs> I don't think he is, though. No, Duke um, Riley's under. Yeah, Coach Duke Coach Riley Paul, is not Duke Johnson. Duke Riley is, as well as uh, several other backups: Albert Wilson, Seathan Carter, Greg Mance, Robert Jones, Solomon Kinley. Um, and the Dolphins also elevated Tommy Lee Lewis and uh, Cameron Tom to their active roster. Cam Tom, I'll baby. Cam Tom, yeah, maybe he gets in as a sixth offensive lineman. We'll see. Um, what I can tell you is that 
the Dolphins are probably, when you factor in everything, the bye week, getting players back, the Devontae Parkers, uh, the Michael Dieters, and with COVID just ramping through the NFL, the Dolphins are one of the healthiest teams in the league heading into this game. And they've got to use that that to their advantage. Yeah, not often. I mean, yeah. I mean, the only really notable that we're missing right now, off the top of my head, and no, I'm not counting Albert Wilson, even though he may not play this week, is our $2.5 million catch wide receiver and Will Fuller. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much done with Will Fuller. I mean, he's, I don't know what's going on there. pretty much done with football, so there's that. I think he might be. I think he might be. I mean, I, there's really not a, a better explanation for that right now. Um, Paul, defensively, you know, if if the Saints were at full strength, if they had a quarterback better than Ian Book, if they had Michael Thomas, who's been out all year and is on injured reserve, you know, their tight ends are up in the air. Juwan Johnson and Nick Vanette are excuse me, Juwan Johnson and Adam Trout, Nick Vanette will play in this game. Then they could have a couple of weapons. But other than that, I mean, their top wide receiver, Marcus Callaway, 36 catches, 555 yards, six touchdowns on the year, had a big game last week against Sean Murphy Bunning and the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, in the Saints 9 to nothing win over the Bucks. But Alvin Kamara, Marcus Callaway, you're struggling after that point to find a third guy. It might be Traquan Smith, who's, who's really questionable for this game, too. So, yeah, I mean, personnel-wise, this is a game the Dolphins have to get the upper hand on, and they've got to do it early in the game. They can't let the Saints hang around, hang around, hang around, because if that happens, it could turn into a 13-10 to 10 ugly Saints win. It could, and... You know, Callaway, if Ian Book wants to start in his first NFL start ever, in his first NFL passes ever, wants to come out and try to pick on Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, which one of them is going to be on Callaway on pretty much every play, good luck. Uh, John Gordon and Chad said Will Smith is in the building more than Fuller. Um, I'm not sure if that's a reference to Will Smith, the uh, the uh, former Saints defensive end. But um, I think it's a Fresh Prince. I think so too. No, no, it, it, it it's definitely got to be it. But I'm not too observant a lot of the time. Paul, uh, did you get any uh, cool uh, Dolphins gifts here for Christmas? So it's it's actually pretty funny. I, I I've got a message. OJ McDuffie, because um, so he, he he really helped make it a special trip when I went to MetLife with with the kiddo, and OJ was a, a bigger part of our Christmas than I expected because Axel's aunt made a calendar for uh, for the family, and you know, sure enough, you flip it open, and there's the picture of Axel with OJ, and then I open up, um, I got a really cool plaque, um, and Vic. Cody, you guys are awesome. Yes, please. Thanks, guys. Um, I will take a beer tomorrow, Vic. But um, so I open it up, and it's a commemorative plaque from Marino's 400th touchdown pass, which I don't know if you remember that game, but 
OJ McDuffie had three touchdowns in that game, including Marino's four hundred against touchdown. against the Saints. Yep. So I was like, I'm that like, game. it's it's perfect. It's against the Saints. Um, you know, OJ uh, got all three. Like I sh- and it was funny. I called Axe over and I was showing him. I'm like, you see that? He's like, oh, it's OJ. Oh my gosh, you got to tell him you got that. So I'm like, man, is this like OJ McDuffie? Christmas over here, or you know, is he gonna jump out of one of these boxes? Because, um, but no, so it's 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 pretty cool seeing how pumped Axe is for a guy that was out of the league, um, you know, over ten years before Axe was born, um, just because he was he was so cool to the kid when uh, Axe got to meet him, and you and I both know what a great human being OJ is. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, g- good for Axe, and uh, yeah, <clears throat> these. You know, former Dolphins like O.J. McDuffie and Richmond Webb and Keith Sims and Jamie Nails and Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas. It's it's great to be able to interact with them and, and see that, you know, with nothing to gain that that they're so cool to Dolphins fans. I got a, a Dolphins keyboard here and I highly Ooh. recommend this one. It's uh, I I work from home, type a lot and uh this was a gift from my uh, from my uh, mother and my father in law. So, uh, any uh, dolphins gifts that you've got for Christmas, go ahead and post that in the chat. I, I'd, I'd love to see that and 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 peep those out so, too. It, it, by the way, it was a Fresh Prince reference because I forgot about this. Will Smith was at the facility last week throwing footballs with 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 Tua, and Tua was hitting the logo with a little zip on it from about fifty yards away, and he challenged Will Smith to do the same. Yeah, there was some uh, YouTube video about Will Smith and Tua. Uh, Will Smith trying to keep up with Tua in workouts. I, I actually didn't see that video. Oh, but I thought I thought that's what the reference was. And, and actually, we've got some congratulations to Dolphins players for it. Tua Tungavailoa, winner of the Angry Run of the Week last week. Christian Wilkins, winner of the Nickelodeon Slime Time MVP award. Um. And then Xavier Howard, I'm being the lone dolphin on the Pro Bowl roster as it stands today. And uh, Demarius uh, Robs got a Javon Holland jersey, and uh, G Fet Jake got a Tua jersey. Don't worry, everybody. I did not get any jerseys for Christmas this year, so you can well, all. You have to want to see the, cow- the keyboard again, Cat. Yeah, thank God you didn't get any jerseys again because you, uh, you can all healthy. breathe a, a sigh of relief on that one. Here's that keyboard on that uh, nice it's very yeah uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to using it all week here um what was i gonna say now i'm uh lost my train of thought here good well while you're thinking about it good call by you that Xavier howard was the only dolphin that made it in at least in the first round of uh thank you for uh jogging my memory there Xavier howard the only dolphin to make the pro bowl um silliness kind well nah kind of expected uh when you when you factor in a lot of things but i'll, I'll also tell you too jakeem grant made it yeah jakeem grant did make it and he should have uh made it more as a dolphin i mean yeah. you just leave he, miami he one, and now they know you exist he had one or two good games for the bears i mean that's it and uh in previous seasons for the dolphins i mean he had some just game-changing returns. I mean, you look at that Rams game last year when, when he took it back to the house, and he also had a few catches to boot, so he was a better receiver in those seasons with the Dolphins, too. Um, 
but also, you know, for we, we reference PFF here a, a lot on the show. We don't use it as the Bible, but Christian Wilkins makes the all PFF team in the NFL. So does Javon Holland. Yep. So between three players uh, making either the all PFF team or the Pro Bowl, you've got Xavier Howard, Javon Holland and Christian Wilkins. And then you've got also a lot of good players also on defense, like Byron Jones, like Emmanuel Ogba. So not a lot of holes in that Dolphins defense right now. Yeah, no, I mean, Christian Wilkins has been a very pleasant surprise. And, you know, I I was talking about this earlier, um, but what Javon Holland's done, not just play-wise, but the way he has stepped up as a communicative leader on this defense, changing calls, you know, uh, changing coverages, changing responsibilities, running around, pumping people up, all of the things that he does on defense before you even get to the, the actual play itself are nothing short of special. And, and, and I'm truly amazed. I mean, if it wasn't for Micah Parsons, Javon Holland is definitely in the top five for defensive rookie of the year for me around the NFL. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, and you may want to put Jalen Phillips up there too. I mean, I, I wouldn't put him above your draft day boy, uh, Micah Parsons, who is just ripping apart the NFL defensively. But um, yeah, Javon Holland and Jalen Phillips. Yeah. I, I think you put both of them top five as far as yeah. defensive rookie of the year candidates. Um, so Waddle's definitely top five for offensive. Oh, definitely. I mean, Jamar Chase made the Pro Bowl at wide receiver. I'd argue strongly that after the first five or six weeks of the season, Jamar Chase did not deserve that honor at all. Um, you know, I think a lot of other wide receivers could have could have made it in the AFC. Jalen Waddle being one of them. Um, Kyle Pitts also makes makes it a tight end um, for for the Falcons. It, but I still say today definitively. Jalen Waddle and a first round pick is better value than anything else you're going to get with that first round draft pick. No doubt about it in my mind right now. And there were times I definitely questioned that. I, I was looking after the first five or six games of the season and saying, really, Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase are on pace to set record stats here at wide receiver and tight end, but Jalen Wild's been consistent. He's been fast and he's getting better and better. I, I look forward to him coming back this week and lining up in the slot with no, um, without those linebackers that cover a lot of ground, Demario Davis and Quan Alexander. I think that's a big mismatch problem now for the saints. It is. And with the fact that they're struggling against crossing routes, Waddle's just poised to eat in this one. Tua's blankie is poised to eat in this one. The biggest thing is going to be if they can establish the run enough to keep the Saints' D-line honest to help keep Tua upright. Tua's one of the fastest players in the NFL at getting the ball out with accuracy. What is it, 2.41 seconds per, per completed pass play, I think it is right now, as far as the average time for him to get the ball out. Um, so if they can just keep the defense from pinning their ears back in this one, Tua should be able to just 
eat over the middle enough that they start overcompensating, at which point you can get a Devontae Parker or a Jalen Waddle or a Mike Kosicki open over the top in this one. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase had seven catches for 125 yards today. Robs, thanks for uh, bringing that up. But there have been a lot of just okay games from him lately. Um, yeah. But still, at the end of the year, I mean, you're talking about someone with almost 1,200 yards receiving as a rookie. So that's certainly a good thing. But I think Waddle has shown more of a well-rounded skill set, specifically his ability to separate on a consistent basis. Um, so, Paul, what's your prediction for this one here? I'm going to say, I know I said I said 24-10 on a different show, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go 27 to 10 in this one. I do think it's going to take a little while for Miami to open it up but I think that they just wear what's left of the Saints' defense down. And I think the Dolphins' defense, especially if the refs don't allow the rub routes with this cover zero, is just too much for Ian Book to make his NFL debut without his offensive tackles in the national spotlight. It's 27-10, and I almost feel bad that this game isn't more than I expected it to be. I will take a win any time oh, at this point of year. I've never seen seven wins in a row. I've been a Dolphins fan since I was 10. I'm 38 now. Never seen seven wins in a row. And we control our own destiny if we win. And that's, yeah. And I think the Dolphins are going to win an ugly one here. But they win it convincingly. I'm going to go 17-6 to six Dolphins here. Um, when you look at what the Saints are bringing to the table. Uh, I see the Dolphins consuming Alvin Kamara, even though he's had over a 1,000 total yards on the year in 10 games. A lot of them have been because of a high volume of touches in those games. He's only averaging, what, 3.6 yards a carry this year. I mm-hmm. see the Dolphins having a lot of success stacking the box to bring pressure against Ian Book as well as bring that heat against Alvin Kamara, and I don't see a receiver for the Saints being able to hurt him in one-on-one coverage or over the top. Uh, Deontay Harris is by far their best deep threat, but he's not going to be in this game. He's going to be suspended for this one, and he returns in Week 17. So, yeah, I see it getting really ugly for Ian Book, and I see the uh, Dolphins secondary led by Javon Holland back there causing a lot of problems. So I'm going to go 17-6 to Dolphins. And one other factor as well is I think Sean Payton's going to do what he does a lot and, and, and turn to the screen game in this one. And Miami, over the past seven or eight games, has played the screen really well. And with the fact that Miami's defensive line does a better job of tracking the ball uh, in, in the short passing game than a lot of defensive lines do, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jalen Phillips or Andrew Van Ginkle pull down an interception or, um, God, she's Adam Butler in this one, especially with Ian Book back there. And the pressure, I think, is going to be coming on him um, from this front seven. I, I can see some interceptions in the screen game in this one because I can see Sean Payton having to rely on it a bit too much uh, and Miami playing it too well. I want to see the Dolphins bring the pressure from the beginning. And last week, 
when the Dolphins or when the Jets took the field for their first drive, they drove 84 yards against the Dolphins. And it seemed like they were kind of feeling out Zach, Zach Wilson a little bit. I don't want that same thing to happen with Ian Book. You, you bring the heat. You bring it from the beginning. You cut off those run lanes with Alvin Kamara. And if he beats you over the top a couple of times, then so be it. But I don't think Ian Book will do that. Here in his I don't think you'll have a chance. Start. I agree. I agree. So we will be back here tomorrow. Late night. I'm probably going to have a few cocktails. And, uh, <laughs> we will be back for either a celebratory victory or to potentially drown our sorrows. Uh, I think the Dolphins are going to win, and I think they're, go- they're going to win convincingly. And my 17-6 to 6 Dolphins prediction is a little bit on the conservative side. That's going to do it for our breakdown of the Saints-Dolphins matchups here on the Finn side. I'm Brian Cat. NFL on Twitter, Paul is fanatic underscore pick. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the finfanatic.com website and the fan-sided network. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side. It's on the fin side? It- <laughs> you broke it's up a little there, so I, I threw that down. It's just not on the right side and it's not on the left side. It is on the fin side. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.